Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to a new episode. So glad you are willing and able to join me. I do want to invite you, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel yet, it's at West in Progress, uh, all one word, West in Progress. And every week there's going to be several videos launched there that are, some are therapeutic interventions that I'm able to do. Some of them are psychoeducation pieces. Some of them are personal reflections on healing and growth, but it is a great place to kind of put more condensed, small scale information. And one of the reasons I really like it is because I get to share kind of epiphanies that I have in real time. And so today's video, so when I'm doing this particular episode, it will be on September 12th. Today's video, on YouTube is talking about the fact that I'm actually normal. And that was once upon a time a really big new understanding for me because for so long I felt like I was a mess, like I was broken, like whatever was going on with me was so unexplainable. But that's not accurate at all. Not only is it quite understandable, quite explainable in my story, but what you do in your story certainly is explainable too. Now I'd like you to go watch the video, so I'm not going to give you all of the nuance there, but I do want to invite you to take a peek at that. And today is kind of me taking a calm breath of relief to say, I am normal, but let me tell you what's running beneath the surface. And so this is 100% kind of my own anecdote of what my therapy track has been even over the last three or four days. Now, mind you, I've been with therapists for the broadside of about 18 consecutive months here, mostly weekly whenever the schedule has allowed for it. So there's very few exceptions to that. And it's taken a long time to disrupt a lot of the things that have been running for me for the past decades and decades. And in essence, in, in talk therapy, what we're doing is we disrupt whatever's running so we can reorganize it in a way that we choose. Because whatever I was doing prior to my life rupturing several years ago, it was organized, but it was structurally very disjointed. Structurally, it was very unsound, but I was operating as though it was okay because it was in fact my reality. It was a normal place that I had arrived after choosing maladaptive choices all throughout the years, protective features that were supposed to help me and keep me safe, and which did. But then over time, I've been able to mature out of them. But one Once we disrupt them, we can reorganize them. And that's what this episode is about. It's why processing is so important. It's why naming our emotions and trying to give context to them matters so, so much. We need to see what's behind the things that we're experiencing. What do we believe to be true that's running so automatically that if we don't disrupt it, we're going to repeat the same bad behaviors again and again and again, pretty much forevermore until we disrupt what's going on behind them. And so I want to use the analogy today of following the thread. And I'm going to say it often because between this last weekend, Thursday was time with my therapist. Friday was really just dismantling a whole host of things. Saturday and Sunday were kind of the, you know, stepping into them and saying, okay, now that you know this, what do you want to do? And following the thread can be so important. But the thing is, 
Once you stumble on something about yourself that's so uncomfortable, you don't soothe from it. You don't lash out against it. You don't suppress it or numb it. You don't criticize yourself. You start from where you're at and then you follow the thread and you say, hey, what's actually going on here? So on Thursday, I was talking to my therapist and I had just mentioned I had a few days where I was feeling particularly prickly. And, you know, he asked me what my definition of that was. And I said, you know, I I just get feisty. Things happen. They push up against buttons that I don't want pushed up against. And he said, would you do me a favor? And over this next week, as you engage something where you feel prickliness show up, would you be willing to just write about it? See if you can, you know, see some trends, see some patterns. And I'm glad we had this conversation on Thursday because come Friday morning, wounds were getting hit left and right and left and right. And so instead of trying to, you know, white knuckle it through, I said, okay, I need to sit here and I need to follow this thread. What's actually going on here? So there were two events on Friday, very specifically, where I had a lot of sensitivity and it wasn't even bad things that were happening. It was actually good things in the lives of people I know. And I watched my brain say, but why not you? Why isn't that in your story? What's going on that these things aren't afforded to you? My brain's very goal is to try to make sense of the world around me. And so when this big, big thought showed up, I was like, huh, Steph, I wonder what that's about because you have some really good things going on in your life right now, but you're also wrestling through sadness that some things aren't true for you. Let's follow that thread because what's on autopilot is what we perceive to be truth. It doesn't mean it's truth, but it means we perceive it to be truth and we react as though it is truth. And so if we gently pull at that thread and follow it, we can start to disrupt things. So as I'm watching these good things going on in other people's lives and I'm noticing my hurt or my sadness that these things aren't going on in my life, both of them helped me arrive at that nagging question. And it's really a normal, normal question to ask. And that's, do I matter? That's not a Steph specific question. That's a human question. It's not self-indulgent. It's what we want to know. Am I seen? Am I important to someone? Am I important outside of what I can produce? Significance is one of our core drives. Being valued as a core human drive. So the fact that my brain went there, I'm not scared of that question. I lament that in my mid-30s, I still wonder if I matter. That certainly brings a lot of sadness as I, you know, camp out in the kind of the murkiness of that question. But I didn't want to stop asking that question. I didn't want to stop pulling that thread because something else was behind it. So I pulled that thread gently and I kept walking. And I I was trying to hear that hurt side of me and make sense out of what it was saying. And so my brain started swirling through, well, I'm wanted when there are things that need to be done. I'm helpful. I'm intelligent. But what if we stripped that all away? Would I still matter? Subconsciously, there's a good chance I feel that I won't. And some days are better than others. But that's why pulling the thread matters because if fundamentally I feel unimportant, it's going to drive a lot of my decision making. Now here's the tension point. There are really good things that have come from my work ethic, from my intelligence, from my desire to be there and be helpful. And so there are really good things that happen with this subconscious narrative that runs. So I don't want to say that, you know, sitting in the the tension or the sadness of do I matter, it propels some people into really cool spaces and they make sure they matter. They make sure they contribute. They make sure that they show up and they are a force. And I would consider myself in that category. I show up and I am a force. I am helpful. I am intelligent. I am there when things are needed to be done. And I don't lament that, but I lament that the motive is at my core, I question if I didn't do these things, would people still see me? Would I still matter? And that's a very human question to be asking. So I look through my actions and I look at that core fear and I say, okay, it's not just a fear because again, the good things come from it, being disciplined, being principled, being intelligent. But this is all 
also a core space where some of my wounds show up. It's not just about my temperament. It's about early on I decided that, you know what, I don't want to have needs because if I have needs, someone might be bothered by me. They might feel inconvenienced by me. I'm going to be overly helpful but I'm not going to allow others to help me because I don't want to be inconvenient to them and I want to be the one with the answers, the one with the solutions. Now, operating through life where you're the one that has to have the solutions, it certainly makes sense why I'm so academically driven. And again, it's a two-sided thing. I love being able to learn about the world around me through academics and through formal learning. I love that. But I look at my motive and I say, hey, if you stop doing this so intensely, do you think you'd be okay? And the reality is a, a subconscious part of me before I was pulling this thread, a subconscious part of me would not have been okay stopping. No, I'm not saying because I realize this, I can suddenly stop all the things altogether, but it certainly gives me new data to look at as I think through why do I do what I do and what do I want to be true in my life? So I keep pulling that thread and I say, oh, is it true that you're supposed to not have needs? Is it true that you're always supposed to be helpful? Are you always supposed to be the one with answers? As soon as I take something like this feeling of not being seen and I make it tangible and say, staff, this is what you demanding to be seen looks like. You show up in this space and this space and this space. You show up with this intensity and this intensity and this intensity. Then you can ask yourself, is that what I still need to be true? Is that what I want to be true? So you keep pulling the thread. When I feel stupid, that is one of the things where I will lash out most quickly. When I fear looking stupid, I'm going to lash out in such big ways. Why? Because I'm not supposed to have needs. I'm not supposed to ask questions. I'm supposed to be the one with the answers. And again, that's all running on autopilot under the surface, which is why I have to pull that thread. If I'm thriving in something and an inability shows up, I overreact so quickly. I have a meltdown. So when we have that prickly adjective showing up, it's usually in spaces and in situations where I'm feeling incompetent because I'm not supposed to have needs, because I'm supposed to be the one with the answers, I'm supposed to always be helpful. And that's what's so interesting about pulling the thread, because now I can start to disrupt those very demands that I make of myself. What's neat is our brain will reveal stuff to us if we are willing to sit there and listen and follow the thread of what it's trying to tell us. So I'm not questioning what is my brain saying right now. I'm recording what it's saying. And then, so that was Friday, Saturday. And then this morning as I'm sitting in church, so I, I tend to record this on Sunday afternoons. This morning as I'm sitting in church, I take the hypothesis that I have about myself, the one that's been on autopilot, the one that says, do you matter? And I write it out. I ask myself, do I matter? And then I list down the evidence that says, Steph, you're okay. And yes, you do matter. And there are people in your life that show up for you and that love Love you regardless of how you perform. And part of the process, once I stumble on disrupting and starting to reorganize things, there's going to be grief that shows up. Because when you've been on autopilot for three decades, believing yourself to be fundamentally flawed, it's going to bring up some profound sadness. But I also look at my younger self and I honor her too because she did such an incredible job of helping me. And I only understand that if I keep pulling the thread, if I take what's not tangible and I make it concrete in front of me and I say, Steph, this is how you're thinking about the world and it's not helpful. It's not accurate. It's based on a younger wounded piece of you that was trying to protect herself. And so it's very very normal what you've done here. 
but it's scary to think of yourself as unimportant or dismissed or overlooked or inconvenient. And the very thing you fear of not being seen, you live a very cool life because once upon a time, that was the motivation for you. And so you have to sit in the tension of, yes, that's painful. It's propelled me to some really cool places, but now hopefully I've matured out of looking at my life through such an erroneous lens. I've matured out of looking at myself with unclear adjectives or faulty, distorted thinking patterns. I'm not unimportant. I'm not overlooked. I'm not inconvenient, but I'm going to have to be the one to remind myself of it again and again. And I'm going to have to use evidence in my life and truth in my life to calm myself down when those fears show up. And that's how therapy works. Therapy takes something that's somewhat organized, but probably in really faulty ways. And it starts to poke at it and it starts to prod it and it starts to rip it apart. And it is so painful, my friends, but you cannot reorganize it into truth until you rip it apart. And so you pull at that thread and you pull out that nagging voice in your head that says, you don't matter, you're unimportant. And you explore it. You take it from its intangible kind of abstract notion and you take it and you hold it in your hands and you say, my word that is painful and it has brought me to some really hard hard places but now that I can hold it now that I can understand what's going on now that I can overlay it with truth there's actual healing that can happen here but it doesn't happen until we're willing to pull the thread until we're willing to follow those thoughts and say what is this about and the bummer is sometimes it's excruciating but so is living 30 years in a prison system that you've self-created you know with the mild influence of trauma and faulty support systems but I want I want to heal. I want to move into new chapters and be a much better version of myself. So because that's true, I've got to buckle down and I've got to follow that thread. And my friends, if you can't do that, if you can't do that alone, reach out to someone who can walk with you through it because it's doable work. It's just going to be a little bit heavy for a while and you might need someone to help you carry it. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.